Forgiveness is giving up the hope that the past could have been any different. We are on a mission to inspire, heal, and bring the world closer together. Welcome to Commune. I'm Jeff Krasno, and today on the show, we'll explore forgiveness, arguably the most difficult of all the virtues. And in today's episode, you'll be hearing curated clips from Commune courses taught by Justin Michael Williams and Scott Schwank. So to begin, what is forgiveness? Is it a gift that you give someone else? Or is it really a gift that you give yourself? Like, can you forgive someone without forsaking accountability? Is everyone, even those who commit the most odious crimes, deserved of forgiveness? What is the difference between forgiveness and reconciliation? Does forgiveness start in the head and move slowly to the heart? And ultimately, how do we do it? How do we forgive? In a nutshell, forgiveness is a process that helps us cope with the distress of being hurt by another person or by a system or even by ourselves. Our desire for justice and retribution can be overwhelming and we we too often hold an ember of resentment plotting for the right time to throw it. But of course, all that time, we are the ones getting burnt. Forgiveness helps us drop that ember. When we're experiencing overwhelming emotions, finding our way to forgiveness can often feel impossible. But all the research tells us that forgiving is associated with a host of mental and physical health benefits. We know it will release us and we know it will benefit the collective good. So even when we aren't ready or able to forgive, we often have a small voice inside nudging us toward forgiveness. Mark Twain allegedly wrote, forgiveness is the fragrance the violet sheds on the heel that has crushed it. This episode helps us be that violet. In this first lesson, Justin Michael Williams helps us define forgiveness and teaches us his five-part process. So this lesson is a segment from a 10-day course that Justin teaches at Commune called Healing Conversations, which helps you do the inner work so that your work in the world inspires healing versus creating division. Now, Justin went from growing up literally with bullet holes outside his bedroom window to sharing the stage with luminaries like Deepak Chopra. He intimately knows the transformational power of forgiveness. He's an author, a musician, and a pioneering millennial voice for diversity and inclusion in wellness. His teachings are not limited to forgiving a particular person, but extend to forgiving ourselves, to forgiving oppressive systems, and even forgiving our ancestors. So without further delay, I present to you, Justin Michael Williams. Welcome to your session on forgiveness. I know a lot of people really look forward to this session, and honestly, it's one of my favorites to teach because it goes so far 
in our lives. And in this session, you're gonna learn what forgiveness is not, and then I'm gonna walk you through a five-step process of forgiveness. And a little bit later, you'll have the opportunity to write a forgiveness letter, but we'll talk about that in a moment. I wanna start by telling you a little story that was really interesting to me and helped me understand how important it is to start to get rid of some of this extra baggage that's in our lives, especially as it pertains to forgiveness. So I was at a retreat center called Esalen that I'm sure many of you know about, and I was walking on the Esalen grounds and I was walking past this beautiful garden and there were hundreds of these flowers. And then I looked at the gardener and it was this wonderful woman that I knew there and she was walking with her headphones on and she's just like, taking the flowers, and there are these beautiful flowers that weren't even dead, taking the flowers and plucking the heads off and then throwing them on the ground. And I look and I'm like, oh my gosh, and there's hundreds of beautiful flowers on the ground. And she like has her headphones and she's like plucking the flowers and throwing them and plucking the flowers and throwing them. And I walk up to her and I'm like, what are you doing? And I'm thinking, this girl has lost her mind. She must be in a really bad mood. Maybe she went through a breakup and she's just like destroying the garden. And she turns around and she looks at me and I'm standing in basically what was like a puddle of gorgeous flowers. And she goes, oh no, 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 no. I'm not doing anything wrong. You have to do this. And so mind you, some of you who are listening might go, you already know what's happening, but I grew up in the city. I'm a city boy. I had no idea what was going on. And she goes, you have to do this. And I said, why would you be killing all these gorgeous flowers? She said, Justin, every single one of these plants, and she pulls me close to one of the plants. And she said, look at it. This plant has a specific amount of energy that's coming into it from the soil and from the sun. And even though there's these beautiful flowers on the plant, I want you to also look at all the buds that are here waiting to bloom. And I looked and there were all these buds just kind of like tightly closed up. And she said, what happens is each flower has a finite amount of energy that it could use, each plant. And if the plant has all these flowers on it, some that are dying and some that are beautiful, but even in full bloom, what happens is the energy gets dispersed and spread all throughout the plant. And what will happen is you risk some of these buds never having the opportunity to bloom because the energy is going towards keeping these old plants, these old flowers alive. And I was like, what? Like, this is so fascinating. It was something that I had never thought of. And so basically what she was saying is even if something is beautiful, if it's complete, you have to let it go because if you haven't let it go, then you risk not having the energy that you need for the newness of your life to bloom. And this is a really powerful lesson for all of us because we have so much that we're holding on to in our lives, so much that we're holding on to energetically and physically because of what it was in the past or what it wasn't or what we hoped it would be in the past. And what I find is that when we can use forgiveness to cut off those old flowers that may be beautiful or maybe not so beautiful, then we free ourselves up to have the energy to go towards the new things that want to bloom in our lives. And so first, I want you to think about what is wanting to bloom in your life? What are in those little buds for you? What's inside there that just needs a little bit more energy so that it could bloom? And let's get into this section on forgiveness to see how you can let go of what's holding you back 
every time you try to grow. I want to start by talking about what forgiveness is not. And there's a lot of things that we have intermingled with forgiveness that actually prohibits us from giving ourselves permission to forgive. And so here's a list here for you of some of the big misconceptions people have about forgiveness. Forgiveness is not condoning. Forgiveness is not forgetting. Forgiveness is not excusing. And forgiveness is not minimizing your hurt. These first ones are really important because so often we stop ourselves from forgiving because we think if we forgive, we're saying it was okay. Or if we forgive, we're saying that we condone it. Or if we forgive, we're saying that we're over it or that we're not hurt anymore, that it didn't have an impact on us. But forgiveness has nothing to do with these things. Let's continue. Forgiveness is not reconciliation. That means that just because you forgive doesn't mean that you have to reestablish trust in a relationship. Continuing on, forgiveness is not denying or suppressing anger. It's more about releasing your resentment. Oftentimes, actually, you must express some of what we call negative emotions to forgive properly. Let's continue. Forgiveness is not ignoring accountability or justice. In particular, punishment or some kind of recompensation are totally independent of the choice to forgive. Meaning you can forgive or not forgive and still pursue some kind of action to right the wrong that was done. And so as we look at this, it's really important because so many of these things stop us from forgiving. Now that we've looked at what forgiveness is not, let's look at what forgiveness is. What is forgiveness? And this definition by Oprah, to be honest, is one of my all-time favorites. It changed the game for forgiveness for me. It says, forgiveness is giving up the hope that the past could have been any different. I love this so much. Forgiveness is giving up the hope that the past could have been any different. And what so many of us do is we hold back on forgiving because we're wishing, we're going back to a situation saying, I would have done it like this, or this is how it should have happened, or this is what should have happened differently. And we're holding on to this false idea of hope, of being able to change what happened in the past. But just like we've been doing with this infinity, the only moment the healing can happen is right now in the present. That's when you can let it go to open up to what's trying to bloom in your life. You know, I created this quote around forgiveness that I think is really important to mention as well. Most people think that forgiveness means saying that the wrong that was done to you is okay, condoning it. But that's not the case at all. The true purpose of forgiving someone is to stop letting whatever that person did affect how you live your life today. And the thing that I want to name here is that a negative attachment is still an attachment. So when we forgive, we really release that person's energy from us completely, including the hope for their destruction or their revenge or harmful wishes or anything altogether. Forgiveness is letting go, is plucking off those flowers regardless of what you hoped they would be, what you romanticized about what it would be, 
or how harmful or poisonous they are. It's plucking them off, letting go of the attachment completely so that you can have all of your energy back for what's trying to bloom in you. And I know there's so much trying to bloom through all of us right now. So let's get into the process now and learn how we can step into forgiveness a little bit more fully. And this can apply to forgiving yourself and forgiving others. And you can look at applying the same concept across forgiving friends or family, relationships, asking for forgiveness, or forgiving things that have happened intergenerationally, trauma that has happened chronically around race or class or anything, gender that's happened in your life. This five-step process that I'm gonna teach you is a healing conversation that you can have in pretty much any dimension of your life. So step one is about being heard. That's step one of the process. And a part of forgiveness is fully expressing the hurt and the pain and what was wronged. And here's a hint, you don't get to skip that part. A lot of us like to skip that part, especially in the spiritual community. We completely spiritually bypass that part. And we do something that is called premature forgiveness. And premature forgiveness happens when you haven't actually moved that energy of the wrong or of the pain or the hurt. Remember that wheel of emotions, the things that are a little bit more challenging for us to lean into. When we haven't moved that energy out of our bodies, we're not able to fully forgive. And so the first step of the process is being heard. Now, what I'm gonna say is that some people are gonna ask, well, what if the person I need to forgive, I can't talk to, or they won't hear me, or they won't talk to me, or they're dead, or I don't wanna talk to them anymore. It's not about them being able to receive it from you. It's about you expressing the energy and getting it out of yourself. And so that can come in form of a letter, in form of journaling, in the form of moving your body, but just getting that energy, activating it, and being heard by yourself, being heard by you. Because what happens is we don't even allow ourselves to hear our own pain. And so oftentimes when people hear me saying being heard, of course it's great and ideal if you can express it to the person directly. But when we're going intergenerationally and stuff like this, you can't, right? Like I can't go back and express harm or my pains of harm towards somebody who owned a slave, right? I can't do that. But what I can do is express the pain that's coming through me now. Same things with other people, friends and family and things like that in your life. And so to avoid premature forgiveness, we have to make sure we're expressing and being heard first and foremost by ourselves. That's step one. Now, step two is called releasing control. And the point of this is you cannot control the outcome of someone else you can't control their response. You can't control how they react after you express yourself. Now, this is big. So often, we don't communicate how we were hurt or how we were harmed. We don't express the truth of the matter because we're trying to manipulate the truth in order to control what we would imagine the other person's response would be. And we're gonna dig into this a little bit more when we talk about boundaries, but what I want you to know for forgiveness is you can't mute yourself 
from being fully heard or expressing how the wrong affected you because you're trying to control how the other person is going to respond. They may not respond well. They may not hear you. They may not even agree with you. But that has no impact or it can't have any impact on you plucking those flowers off because you are freeing yourself. All right, let's go into the third step, which is accountability. Now, this is a big one. Everyone wants, this is what everyone wants. They want to say, I'm expressing how the wrong was done to me. You've heard me. And now you, you person who've wronged me, you're taking accountability for your actions. That ain't always going to happen, right? It's not always going to happen, but it's a beautiful part of the process that we get to hold. And I want to read this quote to you by Mark Nepo. It says, accountability and forgiveness form a paradox. On the one side, accountability is always true. You know, people are accountable for what they do to each other. And we do hurt each other. And sometimes we don't own that. And then it hurts even further. And so what you have to understand is accountability is something that we often want to see with our own eyes, right? We want to see this person held accountable. But what we have to know, and this takes trust, this is where the trust piece comes in, is about you knowing that people are always accountable for their actions. And sometimes it shows up in ways that you will never know and you will never expect. Many spiritual traditions will say that it's not your job to persecute someone or to make sure that they're held accountable. When we have the opportunity to do that in certain cases, yes, it's appropriate. But in some cases, we hold ourselves back from forgiveness because we want to make sure that we can see that that person is holding themselves accountable. And that's not always going to happen. So you can't hold yourself back from forgiveness just because of it. All right. Let's go to the fourth step, atonement. I want to give you this quote from Marianne Williamson on atonement. She says, atonement is the place where you yourself acknowledge where you have been wrong and you ask for a correction of your own perception. I'll continue with another quote that I created around atonement, and this will help you identify it a little bit more for yourself. So atonement is inner reconciliation. It's realizing our wrongs, naming them, feeling them deeply, and then asking for a correction in our own hearts. And so this has to do with when you've done something wrong, right? When you have something to forgive yourself for. And we all have these moments in our lives and so often we ask for forgiveness or we try to forgive ourselves or we expect to forgive someone else without this atonement piece. And the atonement piece is one that we can only do ourselves. We can only do ourselves. And it's the moment where you say, oh my gosh, I have done something wrong. Please let me be corrected. And it's not beating yourself up about it. It's not getting super angry at yourself about it. It's about holding a compassionate space with that famous quote that we all know from Maya Angelou, when you know better, you do better. And that leads us to our final step, letting go. Letting go into the great mystery 
of what happens when we release that energy, when we pluck those flowers off of that garden of our lives and make space for the new growth that is trying to bloom. And so here are all the five steps for you again. Being heard, releasing control, accountability, atonement, and letting go. Some of these things you have control over and some of them you don't. But one of the things that I love most is that when we are forgiving ourselves, that's usually where it has to start. When we're forgiving ourselves, we have control over all five. We can step into all five. You're perfectly primed for this insight session where you have the opportunity to write a letter of forgiveness. And this is a letter where you are asking for forgiveness, either from yourself or from somebody that you know. And what I wanna tell you is as you go through this process, we're gonna give you some time here to work on it on your own, but you might need a little more time and some of you will need a lot more time. And that's okay, because what happens in the way that I formatted this letter for you is you'll be able to fill in the blanks. And some of them might be a little harder for you to own or to sit into depending on the topic that's coming up for you. So just be with what arises for you. This letter is purposefully formatted to guide you through all five steps of forgiveness so that you can take ownership of it, pluck those flowers off the garden of your life and make space for the new growth. And at the end, after you're done writing, I will give you an example of what a forgiveness letter looks like. Okay, happy writing.
Welcome back. How was that for you? It can be so deep when we go through forgiveness in this way, especially in a way that makes us really take accountability for our part in the story, which is the only part that we have any control over, or a semblance of control over at least, because we're the only ones who can liberate ourselves. We're the only ones who can set ourselves free. So what I wanna do now is I actually want to read to you something that I prepared for you all, which is a forgiveness letter that I wrote to my own self. And I mentioned to you a few times throughout the program that I struggled with some serious body image issues, including an eating disorder. That's where that video, Broken Mirrors, that you may have seen related to and what it came from. And I wrote a letter to my body, apologizing to my body, asking for forgiveness from my body for all the things that I put it through. And I'm giving this to you as an example to see what kind of healing can happen when we go through this process. Here's my letter to my body. I feel so scared reading this letter to you, but I also know it's necessary because I put you through so much pain and harm. What I need you to know about this moment that I'm most afraid of telling you is that I hated you. What I believed back then was that I would only be loved if I looked perfect, that you were completely imperfect, and that if I picked you apart, then maybe you would finally be loved and accepted. I believed in other people's validation over my own. And I did this because of the way that I grew up. And this is not an excuse for my actions, but the unhealthy mindset I was working with at the time. And I think it's important that you have that context. Today, I feel really sad about this moment. Knowing that I caused you so much harm makes me feel embarrassed and ashamed and regretful. And I've held on to this for so many years because I was afraid that if I admitted how bad I was to my body, that you might give up on me. What I really want you to know is that you are beautiful and you did not deserve any of that. You did not deserve to be starved. You did not deserve fingers down your throat. You did not deserve to be injected and abused in all of the ways that I harmed you when I was younger. And I want to apologize from the deepest place in my heart that I continued to hurt you when you never gave up on me. I'm telling you this now to bring us closer, not to tear us apart. Since this happened, I've done so much work on learning what it really means to love myself. I've started exercising, not because there was something to fix about you, but because I loved you. I've started to eat more healthy, not because I wanted to change you, but because I wanted you to be well. And my wish is that you will forever be happy and know that I am here to protect you as much as you were here to protect me. However, I know that you may never wanna to talk to me again after reading this, <laughs> so I wanna wish you well. 
And I want you to know that I will never give up on you. Hey body, if you would feel that it would be good to discuss this, or if you have any questions, I'm open to that. And I wanted to tell you this in person, but I knew that my fear would get in the way of communicating clearly, so I'm writing you this letter. I am so sorry, I apologize, and I hope you will forgive me. Justin. So there's so many things, right, that we can forgive ourselves for or ask for forgiveness for to our bodies, to our spirits, to the moments that we've abandoned ourselves and moments that we can ask for forgiveness from others. And so I want you to look back on your letter and see if you can take it a little bit deeper based on what you just heard from me. And then you might consider taking this into action and giving your letter, if you wrote it to someone else, giving it to that person if you can to see what mystery unfolds after that. This is where the healing begins. This is a healing conversation. And I thank you so much for diving deeply into this with me. Okay, so Justin taught us what forgiveness is not. It's not condoning, excusing, or forgetting. It's not reconciliation, denying your feelings, or what is commonly known in the wellness community as spiritual bypassing. He shared the five steps of the forgiveness process. Being heard, releasing control, accountability, atonement, and letting go. Forgiveness really is created through a series of actions. It's not a singular moment, but an ongoing spiral where you circle back to old patterns or emotions with a fresh approach and gradually shift into a sense of peace through acceptance of the past. Actively participating in that process using the tools Justin outlined can really help you release or find a new relationship with your pain or grief. All right, in this next lesson, we'll put what we've learned so far into practice. Scott Schwank will talk through some of the essential points covered in the previous lessons, and then he will guide you through a meditation designed to create the space for forgiveness to blossom. We're getting deeper into the how with this lesson, acknowledging that forgiveness isn't something that can be forced. We'll begin doing the inner work needed for us to release our pain and make space for transformation. Scott Schwank is a hybrid of practicality and visionary insight who has been catalyzing the inner evolution and leadership development of individuals and organizations for more than 25 years. He spent several years studying in a Hindu tantric monastery when in his 20s and has since cultivated a number of apprenticeships in leadership development, tantric meditation, and Vedic ritual. Get ready to meditate with Scott Schwenk. Welcome to practice. And it is a practice. I've been going to the gym for so many years, and I actually am somebody who looks forward to it. Even if all I'm gonna do is stretch and roll out on a foam roller and have a nice steam shower, there's something about that time that's set aside 
for me to work with myself physically and I use that time at the gym really meditatively. So what I wanna encourage you to carry around is this idea that you can practice the insights of meditation and some of the ways of getting into meditation in so many different activities, in so many different situations, and it's just gonna bring more ease and spaciousness to whatever you're doing. And the more ease and spaciousness you're able to bring, the more you're able to observe yourself in real time and adjust. So this is one of the core insights that we're gonna explore in this particular meditation, is giving more space to the practice. What might that look like? Well, for some of you, it might look like going into a witnessing awareness where you're not so much the body, you're not as identified with being the body, you're observing the body lovingly with compassion. You're observing the mind lovingly with compassion. Same with the emotions. You're observing whatever the emotional tone is lovingly with compassion. And this is gonna be particularly valuable for today's focus because we're gonna be working with forgiveness. Meditation for forgiveness. There's so many different ways we can look at forgiveness. And my experience and my understanding and what I've been taught is that forgiveness can't be forced. What we can do is that we can create the space for forgiveness to blossom. We can create the ideal conditions where forgiveness is more naturally going to happen. One of the definitions I've heard for forgiveness is giving up all hope for having had a better past giving up all hope for having had a better or different past. We can't change the past. But what we can do, you and I, is we can look at it through a different lens. And as we're learning to look at it through a different lens, this is not just some mental idea we have. We're actually wanting to have our practice affect the body. The nervous system is where old impressions get stored if they don't get metabolized as forms of tension that literally attract more of the same circumstances that can create more tension. So as we learn to release tension, this is part of how we're preparing the ground for forgiveness to naturally blossom. We're gonna be working with this meditation in the heart space once again. So the heart space, the way I'm referring to it, even though you could find heart space anywhere, truly speaking, we're gonna work more specifically with this region inside the center of the chest. So you find the bottom of your sternum and move your attention about three finger widths inside. Now, don't worry about being perfect or exact about where the location is. The more you meditate in this region, the more you're naturally and intuitively going to discover it for yourself where it is for you. And a good point to remember is there's the front of the heart cave, about three finger widths inside the center of the chest. Just try this now. Bring your attention, three finger widths, inside the center of your chest. Just give or take. Breathe. Let your breath be full and soft. Let your breath help orient you and find this region. You see, as you inhale, 
you can actually subtly sense where the inhale is still palpable as a physical presence is right about where the heart cave region is that I'm pointing you to. Trust yourself more to sense this area and keep letting your breath help you to find it. Now, assuming you've got a basic sense of where you are, you're oriented in the heart cave, the front heart cave, this is more personal, more emotional, more connected to your identity as your particular person by the name that we call you. Playfully, just imagine moving your attention backwards in space toward your shoulder blades. Move very slowly. You're gonna find a place where you feel it opens into a wider vastness or spaciousness. There's an intersection here where the personal and the universal heart meet. And in this juncture, grace is ready to help you metabolize the past and experience forgiveness, whether that's for yourself, for an event, for another person or group, for anything that needs forgiving. And this forgiving is the letting go of the tension in body, mind, and emotion. And it doesn't mean that because you've fully forgiven that you need to go put yourself in a circumstance with the person or situation you've forgiven ever again. Sometimes it's best to have great distance even though we've forgiven. The forgiveness is really for our sake most of all. Just like it's been said about anger, holding on to anger is like holding a hot coal waiting to throw it at somebody else. We're the ones getting burned. Now, please don't shame yourself if you've been holding on to tension and pain and or suffering about an intense circumstance from your past. We've all done that, we all can do that. Depending on the severity and the intensity of the moment, it's natural to hold on. And they become like speed bumps in our memory that can come up at the oddest times. So please, let's begin with self-forgiveness. And you don't need to have an event or a person in mind to forgive to practice the energetic of forgiveness this forgiveness meditation space. It's as much a space for renewal as it is for forgiveness. Being brand new again, grounded in what's true, walking forward in love and compassion that most wholeheartedly includes yourself, ourselves. So are you touching the heart space? Are you exploring moving your attention forwards and backwards playfully to explore, to sense, to feel into this area? Are you letting yourself notice that there's a vibration or a pulsation or a tremor in here of energy, of source? As you trust and breathe into this source, it naturally can expand without any limitations. And it is what will do the dissolving of the tension that we're calling forgiveness. So 
prepare your spot for meditation, whether that's gathering a shawl or a pillow or a cushion, silencing anything that's going to make some sounds, and then we'll move into the meditation. And now we'll begin to enter meditation. Preparing the ground for the full flowering of forgiveness with ease and grace. Remember at any point, push the easy button if it starts to feel difficult. Imagine there's a button you push, the easy button. So sit in a way that helps you to feel your dignity. You are no more and no less than source in a costume. Full power of source in a costume right now. All the power of the universal lives within you already in seed form. Your spine is long without strain. Gently close your eyes. Begin this meditation by deepening the inhalations and lengthening the exhalations. Take your time with this. You're breathing in a way that's sweet, that's encouraging, that's loving and compassionate. The longer and the thinner you make your exhales, the more your thinking stream will naturally slow down. Once again, bring your awareness to the soles of your feet as we begin the softening process, preparing the ground for forgiveness to naturally blossom. You're softening the soles of your feet like you're opening fists with your imagination. The skin is softening, the tendons and connective tissue are softening, and the muscles are softening all the way to the bone and it feels so good to allow the softening. You're softening the palms of your hands as you continue to soften the soles of your feet. Speak to yourself in this process. Speak in encouraging words, 
loving words, supportive words. On the next inhale, your awareness rises to the region of your physical head. And here you're softening the four corners of your eyes, the inside and outside corners, as well as the region inside and around your ears. Letting go. Letting go. Letting go. softening your tongue as it rests deeply in the floor of your mouth, along with all those little muscles running throughout the pelvic floor, groin region, sphincter PC muscle, letting go, letting go, trusting and flowing with letting go. There's a subtle blissfulness that you might be able to touch or touch more deeply in letting go. This blissfulness may just feel like a, a surge of contentment and stillness or something stronger. On the next inhale, let your awareness expand wider than your body playing with the softening of all six points at the same time as you're preparing the field for forgiveness to blossom, softening soles, palms, eyes, ears, tongue, and pelvic floor groin region. yourself begin to remember any time when you might have felt safe, very, very safe, and like a deep feeling of home, a nourishing feeling of home and safe. If you don't currently have a memory of home and safe, exhale a little longer. Just cultivate a bit of willingness that you might discover this feeling of home and safe as you progressively practice these meditations. That the feeling of home and safe already lives within you, even if you haven't yet tasted it in this lifetime. It is here. It is available to you now. Continue softening soles, palms, eyes, ears, tongue, and pelvic floor groin region. Letting your inhalation Guide your attention back to the heart cave once again. Bottom of the sternum, about three finger widths inside the center of your chest. 
Allow your inhales to caress this region the way you most long to be touched by love itself. Allowing your inhalations to caress this region the way you most long to be touched by love itself. Receiving this compassionate, gentle touch to the heart cave through your breath. This is your home. In this body, this is home. All the nourishment is here in this region. As you progressively explore and allow this nourishment, you are creating the conditions for forgiveness to unfold naturally. The more nourished you feel, the easier it is to let go of the past and start fresh. For extra support, you're simply going to introduce the word allowing once in a while allowing you're allowing forgiveness to naturally emerge so you'll drop this word this vibration this presence this feeling of actual allowing into this heart region like dropping a stone into a still pond, the ripples of allowing vibrating gently through your whole existence.
allowing, allowing, allowing. Leaving your eyes closed, gently begin to deepen your breath. Receive the breath like you're receiving it for the first time, this beautiful, simple nourishment of the inhales all the way down to your feet. You can wiggle your fingers and toes. Give a gentle stretch to your neck. It's been still for some time. Letting the very last thing you do be the opening of your eyes. As you become ready, make a few notes about this practice. What happened for you? How did it feel? How do you feel now? Are there any insights that have come to you about forgiving and forgiveness that you want to write down and keep working with. Perhaps you had a picture you could do your best to sketch or draw without judging your drawing ability at all. This is a practice you're going to want to get to know and do many times. Each time you do it, you're going to get more familiar with the process of cultivating the space within for forgiveness to naturally bloom. And as you deepen in this practice, it's going to get easier to forgive things 
as they're arising in the moment. Isn't that wonderful? That we can become trained to let go as life is happening and not carry the past into the future. Please be patient and compassionate with yourself as you're learning and growing. Let it take the time it takes and keep trusting yourself to return to the practice with a fresh mood of discovery. We'll see you soon. Namaste. Okay, so I hope the practice was impactful for you. The process of forgiveness is infused with a need for acceptance, which is why Scott's focus on the word allowing is so powerful in this particular context. So much of our pain comes from wishing the past could have been different. But when we can allow reality to be as it is, when we can stop trying to avoid the actuality of reality of what happened, then we can rest in acceptance and release the grip of our pain. So much of our pain comes from wishing that the past could have been different. The practice of finding a sense of home and safety inside ourselves is essential to the process of accepting the past. We need to be okay with ourselves now in this present moment in order to be okay with the past and forgive. If you enjoyed that taste of meditation with Scott, you'll find many of his courses in Commune membership, including the one that was excerpted from Living from the Heart, as well as his courses on ecstatic breathwork and abundant joy. Once again, you can access all the teachers featured in this episode at onecommune.com slash trial.